Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we will delve into Getting Real by Jason Fried and David Heinemeyer Hansen. Published in 2011, this book presents an in-depth exploration of the challenges that entrepreneurs face in the web applications market. We'll unpack hard facts and valuable advice, guiding you on what to do and what to avoid when launching your new app business. About the authors, Jason Fried is a co-founder of 37 Signals, a trailblazing web development company. His co-author, David Heinemeyer Hansen, is a partner at the same firm and notably the creator of the Ruby on Rails programming framework. Getting Real is an essential read for developers, programmers, and marketers in the digital realm. If you're an entrepreneur bubbling with a big idea for an app, this book is specifically for you. And if you're a manager exploring optimal ways to organize your teams, you'll find valuable insights within these pages. Don't miss out on this comprehensive guide to thriving in the vibrant world of web applications. Getting Real, the smarter, faster, easier way to build a successful web application. Introduction, discover the secret to launching an agile business by eliminating unnecessary elements. Every entrepreneur will inevitably encounter a common set of challenges while initiating a new business venture. It's about nurturing a groundbreaking idea, setting the right priorities, maintaining a lean approach, and recruiting the perfect team. This audio series unfolds the wisdom of Jason Fried, a triumphant entrepreneur and writer who provides valuable insights into the hurdles of conceptualizing, implementing, and managing a novel product. He narrates his first-hand experiences of building his web application development startup. However, the knowledge disseminated here doesn't limit itself to budding software developers. It is a treasure trove of crucial learnings for anyone aiming to make their mark in the contemporary business landscape, be it corporate bigwigs, marketing mavens, or inventive designers. The essence of it all? Shed the unnecessary and focus on the core essence of your idea. If you're aiming for victory, it's time to embrace authenticity and get real. In this audio series, you're about to unveil one why emulating your competitors can pave the path to failure, two, the reasons to always opt for a generalist over a specialist, and three, techniques to carve out your unique work zone. Part one, for novice entrepreneurs, crafting applications that resonate with a demographic they understand well, themselves, is key. Have you ever come across advice suggesting that to initiate a business, You should identify the fiercest competitor in your industry and emulate them? Well, ditch that idea right away. Rather than mirroring triumphant businesses, take the road less traveled. Outmaneuver your competitors by doing less. If you consistently attempt to outshine the competition, you'll find yourself in a futile race. Worse still, such strategies often lead to the creation of intricately complex products with mediocre performance. That's why it's smarter to minimize. Let's say if your competitor's product boasts of 10 features, limit yours to merely five. By presenting a product with lesser options, you position yourself as the company offering a simple yet high quality choice. 
leaving the complex undertakings to those who have the existing resources to handle them. But how do you identify the essential features for your novel product? The answer is to construct a product that you personally would desire, because if you find it useful, chances are others will too. Individuals who share your characteristics are likely to encounter similar issues. Therefore, by devising a solution that addresses your own challenges, you align yourself with your target audience, leading to significant time and money savings on surveys and customer feedback. Consider Basecamp, the author's maiden web application. His web design firm required a communication tool for staying connected with clients and tracking projects. Unable to find a suitable option in the market, he decided to create his own. And wouldn't you know it, Basecamp was a roaring success. However, remember, while creating a product based on your own specifications, it's crucial to steer clear of external funding. Once investors are involved, they bring along their specific demands for comprehensive market research and competitive products. At least in the initial stages, it's more sensible to start with whatever funds you have and retain full control over your venture. Part 2. Maintaining a lean and agile team and startup approach is crucial for successfully launching a new product. Every entrepreneur dreams of making it big, yet it's crucial not to rush. Just like the laws of physics dictate, the larger the mass, the harder it is to alter its course. This implies that keeping your business small fosters agility and adaptability, enabling you to hold on to productive ideas and swiftly discard the unfruitful ones. For example, imagine if virtual reality instantly becomes a consumer must-have. Which company would swiftly incorporate virtual reality software into their apps? A behemoth with hundreds of employees, a feature-rich product, and a 24-month strategic plan? Or a petite, flexible startup? It's in situations like these that industry giants envy the smaller, agile competitors for their impressive response times a characteristic attribute of many startups. So, if retaining a small and flexible stature is key, how can you ensure a growing company stays lean? The answer lies in your strategic decisions. If you hire surplus staff, create long-term rigid strategic plans, or fill your schedule with endless unproductive meetings, your company will inflate rapidly. Conversely, if you strive for simplicity, sustain small teams, and develop streamlined yet effective products, your company will remain lean. Implement the rule of three strategy here. A trio is a sufficient workforce to kickstart work while retaining agility. For instance, if you're developing a web application, you should commence with a developer, a designer, and a sweeper, the individual who bridges the gap between design and development. For ventures outside the realm of web applications, you should have one individual handling the core technology related to your product, another dealing with business development, and a third managing financial issues. And if you discover that a team of three isn't sufficient to develop your initial product version, you might be biting off more than you can chew and should consider scaling down your idea. Part three, establish your priorities early on and concentrate on the present. Refrain from getting entangled in minute details or worrying about future challenges. Much like rushing to expand your company can lead to complications, 
hastening a product's market entry is a surefire path to failure. Before you launch that app, it's paramount to set priorities. For starters, concisely express your grand idea by answering a few critical questions. This exercise will help you delineate your product's vision. Questions like, what's the reason for my product's existence? And what sets it apart from the competitor's products can provide valuable insights. Take the author's Tada list application, a digital to-do list, for instance. His vision was straightforwardly to compete with a post-it. Crucially, you should aim at a specific group of customers who are genuinely enthusiastic about your product rather than striving to appeal to a broad audience. During this initial stage of development, it's also vital not to get overly engrossed in minute details. Delving too much into specifics can trigger petty disputes over inconsequential aspects, leading to unnecessary delays and potentially compromised products. So, strive to evade nitpicking. There will be ample opportunities to be a perfectionist later. Consider the process of sketching. When you draw a picture, you don't commence with intricate details. You start by getting the overall proportions right, outlining the broad contours of a scene. Once you have a basic framework, you proceed to refine the picture and add detail. Another crucial point to remember is to steer clear of wasting time worrying about potential future hurdles. While it's critical for companies to discover methods to scale or expand, Such concerns are unnecessary at this early stage. After all, post-product launch, you'll have ample time to accumulate the market data required for steady growth and improvement. When your product registers its millionth user, for instance, you'll need to ensure your servers can handle the traffic. But until then, there are more pressing matters to attend to. Part 4. Establishing a robust organizational structure is key to maximizing productive work time. Time is a critical resource when launching a new venture, yet there are myriad ways it can be squandered. You need to refine your schedule, and here are a few pointers to guide you. Firstly, your productivity peaks when you're immersed in your work, undisturbed by your surroundings. That's why many individuals prefer working during the early morning or late evening hours. During these tranquil periods, it's easier to slip into the zone a mental state characterized by deep focus and concentration on work. Entering the zone isn't challenging. It requires simply avoiding interruptions. Consider allocating half your workday to maintaining a disruption-free environment, a period when no one engages in conversation, answers calls, or responds to emails. For the same reason, it's advisable to shun meetings, especially lengthy ones. Every minute spent in a meeting is a minute subtracted from actual productive work. Moreover, meetings tend to orbit around abstract concepts, seldom addressing tangible issues. Simply put, they're devoid of concrete substance. To prevent squandering precious time, cap meetings to a firm 30 minutes, also limit the number of attendees, and decline invitations to meetings without a clear agenda. Another method to save time is by reducing excessive back-and-forth communication. It's crucial not to silo your company's functions. Regrettably, several businesses establish specialized departments for development, design, and other sectors, inadvertently erecting insurmountable barriers among these groups. 
The pitfall of this silo strategy lies in the employee's inability to look beyond their specialized domain, causing them to overlook the broader context of a company project. To circumvent this, form integrated teams that encourage constructive dialogue across disciplines. For instance, copywriters should collaborate with designers, and developers should cooperate with customer support. By doing so, customer issues will be resolved faster as information will emanate directly from the source. Part 5. A positive attitude in potential employees is invaluable. Postponing initial hiring can be a prudent decision. As an entrepreneur, you'll soon realize that it's impossible to handle everything single-handedly. So, how do you select the right individuals to assist you in turning your big idea into reality? When commencing with a small team, as you should, it's not about assembling an A-team, but about bringing together a diverse group of broadly talented individuals. The triumph of a small team doesn't hinge on mastering a specific set of skills perfectly. In fact, such specialization can often render many experts unable to undertake tasks outside their area of expertise. An invaluable team member is someone who specializes in a certain area, but can also lend a hand with other issues. For example, it's crucial for software companies to find developers who can code and understand design. This dual proficiency allows developers to proactively tailor programming work to design demands. Always remember, hiring an average skilled worker with real enthusiasm trumps a grumpy expert. Genuine enthusiasm is pivotal during your initial development phases, fostering growth and uplifting team morale. Often, the best option is to choose someone who has worked in a large, impersonal corporate setup. After such a bland experience, they'll be thrilled to be part of your nimble startup and will bring this exuberance and enthusiasm to the team. However, it's prudent to delay hiring as much as possible before your products launch. Integrating too many new people into your company too soon can lead to significant challenges if they're not a good cultural fit. This mismatch could result in communication breakdowns and potential personality conflicts. If feasible, find an alternative way to get the work done without recruiting new team members, even if it necessitates toning down your project's aspirations. Remember, maintaining a lean operation is crucial to your success. Part 6. Developing an outstanding product involves focusing on core features and rejecting the rest. As a budding entrepreneur, managing your product's features might be challenging. Nevertheless, it's vital to exercise restraint in selecting the functionalities your application will provide. Remember the author's credo, it's preferable to roll out half a product than a half-hearted product. To steer clear of developing a half-hearted product, you should be open to launching your idea before it's fully fleshed out. The outcome will be a streamlined, straightforward, and intelligent product that serves as a solid base for your company to refine and enhance. Take Facebook, for instance. Its initial version was fairly rudimentary, far less advanced than the platform we're familiar with today. Yet Mark Zuckerberg released his product the moment it was adequate to engage his target audience. He then gradually worked on refining the site, introducing features one at a time. Don't fret it's perfectly acceptable to limit the options your product offers. Take a moment to consider all your product's features and then halve that number. This process trims down your product to its fundamental features, 
if you halve that number once more, you'll be left with its most essential features. Imagine you're on the verge of launching a chat application. Your users might demand a plethora of formatting features, such as the ability to embolden, italicize, and colorize fonts. But are such features genuinely necessary? More often than not, the answer is no. And that's exactly how you should respond to requests for additional features. That's precisely what Steve Jobs stated when questioned about missing features during a private unveiling of Apple's iTunes store. He didn't desire the app to boast a thousand features that would render it unattractive. His belief was that innovation resides in saying no to all but the most vital features. Part 7. The user interface is the initial point of contact and the most critical component of your product. First impressions count significantly, and this principle applies to software applications as well. Given that your product's interface is the first thing a user engages with, in essence, your interface is your product. Hence, it's crucial to prioritize the interface early on in your development journey. In fact, for web applications, finalizing the interface should precede the majority of the programming. If you do it the other way around, you'll soon discover that programming becomes the most challenging part of the task. If your interface is subpar, you'll confront a highly complex and costly task to rectify or enhance it. To craft a spectacular interface, your focus should be on the fundamental element of each page, leaving the rest for later. To identify what the core of a page is, ask yourself, what's the essence of this page? And which component is indispensable for understanding it? For instance, if you're designing a blog, the core of the page won't be the page header or the menu sidebar, but the blog post itself. Hence, you should start with the blog post unit before progressing to other aspects of the page. The success of an interface largely depends on the quality of the preferences you provide. To maintain simplicity, it's advisable to forego preferences altogether. Here's why this suggestion is beneficial. Preferences are parts of your application that your users can personalize. For example, an app that allows a user to read an ebook on a smartphone might offer options to adjust the size and style of the font, among other things. As you build your web application, it might be tempting to dodge making design decisions by letting the user make them through preferences. However, you should evade this approach. That's because each customization you offer translates into more code, additional development, extended testing, and a multitude of other complexities. Moreover, endless lists of options might prove frustrating for the user as well. Part 8. When introducing a new application, ensuring it is both cost-effective and user-friendly is crucial. Your product is all set and you're ready to launch it to the market. However, before you proceed, a strategy is vital. It's crucial to guarantee that accessing your product is a simple and uncomplicated experience for the user. Making the sign-up process as smooth as possible for your target audience is particularly vital. For instance, your website could display a message like, register and log in in less than a minute. The objective here is to effortlessly convert visitors into actual customers without them having to ponder the process. Yet, it's also a good idea to offer potential customers an opportunity to try out your product without needing to provide payment details. Besides this, 
a few more factors are worth considering at launch. Firstly, stay clear of long-term contracts. They're a nuisance. Customers will be reluctant to sign up for anything that ties them down to a lengthy commitment with early termination fees or charges for prematurely breaking a contract. Instead, opt for monthly billing without contracts or penalties. If you try to employ clever strategies to generate more profit, it's bound to backfire. Secondly, providing free samples is an excellent strategy to attract new customers. With the incessant stream of information and advertisements in the market, it's challenging for a new company to catch a potential user's attention. To gain the visibility you need, think about offering freebies. That's precisely how Apple established its range of music products. The company offered the iTunes software for free, sparking interest in its iPod and iTunes store. Essentially, the software served as a lure to draw in new customers. And lastly, blogging about your product is crucial when it comes to marketing it. Traditional advertising is both costly and its effectiveness is debatable. On the other hand, blogging is a casual and affordable way to swiftly reach your audience and elaborate on your offer. Final summary. The central theme of this book. While web application development may appear to be a specialized domain, Numerous strategies that make app developers prosper are applicable to all entrepreneurial ventures. Irrespective of your project aspirations, it's critical to maintain organization, recruit wisely, and promote your product tactically. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.